Don't be a stupid bitch. You a great Yes, y'all, uh, the launch codes are punched in as we get ready for another Big Annie or Little Annie as we go to the Big Annie. But it's a hard knock life around here at Hameen Media Group as we get ready to light the fuse. RBV back from the track about to attack with an overhand smack for $5. Hacker Hameen is here. Channelattitude.com. Like the fuse, y'all. Oh yes, yes, y'all. Hello. Oh, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> uh, we're back here, you guys, after uh, uh, you know another strange week in wrestling booking and. Uh, a lot going down here at HMG, as always, but uh, glad RBV could hit me up last night. I had a great uh, morning with John Hartnett joining me for the Friday Locker Room. Some exclusive uh, inside MAGA uh, stuff going on there that we cover early on and uh, from the Florida man. But good to be back with you, RBV. How you doing today, pal? Uh, doing good, brother. As always, uh, incredible, an incredible day of weather. As I told you, we're getting on air here. Uh, where I live at, I'm up in the lounge area. Beautiful bay windows here overlooking the, the gorgeous setup. But our pool is open, heated pool. Uh, so those those hotties, those baddies, if you will, yeah. they're out there in those yeah. bikinis. So, hey, I, I'm enjoying it, man. I'm talking to you. Get ready to talk a little yeah. The tremendous view. Uh, but hey, hey, like you said, man, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? I mean, we, we got the we got the small Annies to set up the big Annie that right. is coming, Ben. Uh, and we were talking, we want to jump right into this week's show. So I guess that's the news, right? The, the potential, this this big, this is a big deal. If, if you know, we, there's a lot to still that we don't know here. Uh, a lot of rumor speculation out there. Uh, but this, what is it? Um, Warner Brothers Discovery potentially mm -hmm. offering, was it a billion for the AEW content? Uh, and then we're assuming that would include mm. the new Collision show uh, that has been rumored. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's going to come out next week and be like, they're going to give us a billion dollars. The announcement will be that Collision is and that we've secured a deal for the next couple of years with them. I don't think it's like <laughs> he's going to come talking about, uh, guess what I got, you guys, a billion. But that's for four or five years, and that will, you know, I think is a reasonable price if he's been open for what, coming on four years now? Uh, would be the start this October as official, I think. So about three and a half years. And let's just, you know, round about a number that's been bandied around by no, but nobody really knows $150 million, maybe a year loss. So already under probably half a billion. So getting that money back plus what it would take would probably break even at four or five years to come out maybe just a hundred million dollars ahead. Now this is just loose numbers for me uh, of hypotheticals, uh, Steiner math, uh, 33 to 25%. Uh, but the deal looks to me like if they're running what they ran before and they'll streamline and they can cover the cost of what the losses is. Now you're back to even after four or five years. And then you have a library of content that holds a bigger value. So 
it's it's um if that's what the big annie is and what the uh you know stooge off is number wise then i think it makes sense it makes the right business sense where you take a loss take a loss take a loss and and you accrue value even though you're taking losses till you can get the deal that will cover that that's a lot of what amazon did bro in the early days of amazon and uh they're doing okay right now so um interesting it just probably won't be prefaced uh the way it comes off on the dirt sheets from the stooges you know well you know the announcement that we get next week from aew they're going to be kind of just recapping what we're going to find out earlier in the day because we have all the major networks with their upfronts next week uh, where they come in, announce th- their big announcements, their their deals for a new series, things we can look forward to for the fall schedule. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's all about that hype. So, we, you know, obviously those numbers are going to be released, uh, but it's not a case where, you know, the networks or AEW is, however they're involved here, are going to be sitting there beating their chest, throwing out dollar amounts like that. Uh, right, right, right. Well, I mean, it's 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 interesting that they do they don't do it because we do it in NBA and NFL and MLB all the time, bro. Right. So you you they, almost they, they get out drive there through the sources, but you don't turn on Monday Night Football and they're like, "Hey, welcome to Monday Night Football or welcome to Prime." They just paid us a billion dollars to be right. here. No, but they, they say <laughs> this guy just signed a sixteen year and sixteen million dollar a year two year contract extension or whatever. Right? right. That's the the part of the news that I'm talking about of like how they could not not the networks you know, uh, putting themselves over for spending Boku bucks. No, I, I get that. But like that drives, that drives a t-shirt or a Jersey sale in the NFL. It drives a prospect. It drives like putting that out there. People, especially this is the fantasy of blue collar lifestyle, right? Where we're all pretty much hand to mouth doing what we do, hustling every day, loving it. But you know, we do it. And these ridiculous uh, amounts of money that shouldn't be being paid out, they're they're put out there so we can live vicariously through them and some people hate through it and other people go my city's got the best because we got the top paid guy right like right and And people will drive if you hear that like damn they got a billion dollars maybe i should check this out you know if it's worth this to a network what what am i missing here right right Uh, and i and you know for them to come this uh, you know this far in a short amount of time it is something they could be proud of and put it out Mm -hmm. there Mm-hmm. Hey, it, look, it took it took WWE twenty years to get a deal with something like this, you know. Uh, and we and we did it here in in our early existence. Well, they set the model for it. You know what I mean? That's but that's you, why they got that the twist on it. You know, they, sure, sure, sure. Obviously, we we you know looking at it, uh, it's because of the the groundwork, the path that has been laid by WWE here. Uh, if I'm looking at this too, I think that's a bigger picture. Everyone's you know looking at this from an AEW perspective and again congratulations to them if this deal is what's happening but you know all the talk and rumor wwe is going to be going back to the bargaining table they go you know they go say hey this far this far distant second place promotion is getting this yeah we want we want to double and triple down on what we're getting yeah well here's the thing is what i again it's from the sheet so who knows that Ari said, Ari Emanuel from Endeavor said that this renegotiation deal for the TV rights that comes up, they're not a part of. That's WWE's thing because they don't take over until X date as they're getting 
you know, everything's still in order. And in that time period, the rights expire for renegotiation. So the McMahons get to come in and hammer one more time and pick the pockets. And what you're saying is very valid in setting a standard for your second tier player. Plus the fact that you just sold for 9.3 million ups your value to them. And also gives you a bigger bargaining chip of what you want to do uh, for Fox and USA or whoever else uh, that they may be shopping it to. So uh, it's it's an interesting, uh, you know, work of billionaires that uh, have money that hopefully someday we can fucking touch and reach out and get a get a piece of that, man, because um, and, and allegedly the networks probably should have had uh, us on payroll to fucking let them know the carny acts that are going on before they overpay. But it seems like overpaying for media companies is the new sexy in fucking in in that world isn't it? it you're right you know for the content they're getting uh the amount of hours that aew is going to have to produce for them really when we look at this a billion dollars isn't that much i mean you look what the what the major sports franchise you know uh leagues are getting sure. the outside of hockey i mean people are better and they're not the yeah and, and they just got to show up and play they're not putting on the show like the New Jersey Devils and the Rangers don't have to worry about like the guys on the team worry about production. They just show up and fucking skate and do what they got to do. These guys are putting on everything. Every little detail's got to be done, right? Right. You got every detail and we're talking 52 weeks a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it, that, that is a difference. Multiple uh, and, shows a week, multiple shows right, a week too. Right. Uh, so, I mean, there's a difference there, but hey, go to them if they're going to get it. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how WWE plays this. Hey, interesting thought. Uh, I've seen a few conversations talking about the um, the airing outlets for the uh, Wembley show, which, again, you yeah. know, 60,000 yeah. tickets and that. Uh, and you guys did something at 2CW that stood out to me. With this deal with um, Warner Brothers Discovery, you guys did this at 2CW with your free free purviews, right? Would you go at, would you possibly yeah, potentially I free air, purviews, yeah, man. Would, would you potentially air the Wembley, the all-in event, on one of these networks? Oh, instead of doing absolutely, the bro. I, I'd, why not? Especially if you, that's part of a nice thing to sweeten the deal, right? Like, we're going to give you a WrestleMania-style thing, but it's not going to be for subscription service, unless they wanted to, like, do it on, on their own Warner Brothers subscription service. But, like that that's a great driver and added bonus of like, and we're going to get it all out there spectacle wise and, and get it to the mainstream. No, I think that's super smart and I, it's got to be figured into the plan and, and, you know, maybe through a streaming on their site as well, maybe right on AEW wrestling.com, you know, if they wanted to do that, like a lot of times we push things out to, the pay-per-view provider, premium line event, the cock or whoever it is, man. And they, I think, I don't know if their website would get uh, taken down from the extreme traffic or not. You know, uh, I that mean? would if worry it, me if they went in and tried to handle their own streaming for an event of that magnitude. Yeah. Well, like when we did it fucking 10 years ago, the technology was next to nothing, you know? So now there should be easy benchmarks to test and do all those things. Like I would run rampage or and, and fucking, dynamite that week before to make sure there was no hiccups running through there as well you know what i mean to me i just say i think that visual and i know a lot of people think oh that's insane but to grow your bubble to for a spectacle like that again like we were saying hey we're worth a billion dollars to this uh to this network now all right look what we did sixty thousand plus inside one of the most world famous yeah. venues that there is 
Uh, on free television, you talk about growing your bubble and getting your stars out there in front of new eyes. That's how you do it there. I mean, mm-hmm. your return on investment there. Uh, yeah. in, instead of maybe selling a small portion for, for the the pay-per-view or whatever the hell, if you're going to go on HBO Max or Max, whatever it's switching to. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that for sure. Uh, beautiful day in Indiana for Mike Martin. Toronto Thrash says he likes when AEW advertised during WWE TV shows. Yeah, we put that out there, and I don't think it's like, oh, they heard Hami Media Group. I know they've got plenty of old-school soldiers working for them, but – you can call up local markets and buy advertising time that goes right alongside national advertising. So if you've got the bank account, which TK does, and you got Don Stevens there to man the phones all day long, and you give them the Glengarry leads list of every WKTV, WOUR, WYNN, whatever it is from all the markets that you're going to be in, you know what I mean? Or that WWE's in during Raw, and you buy that time, might only cost you mm, $350 a week per market times how many markets? You're talking maybe $180,000. And you send, and somebody has to send the commercial to each and every one of those programming directors. And fucking then it gets put in the pod to, to, to go to it. This is what MSG did for, you know, as a master controller and I Jargo would, continues. To yeah. Do Jargo it. does too. And, and uh, so there is a still a grassroots way. If you've got the bank account and the manpower to, to do the time on email and phone and send it all out there, they're going to take your money because that's what their job is at these smaller local stations, Fox affiliates to, to do that. So that is a, great great guerrilla tactic that i was glad to see them utilize and it, and it comes off as that is funny but what are you really trying to do hit a qualified audience that is a big crossover that you know if you're drawing a million and there's a million eight or two million on the other show well how do i get to 1.2 well i got to get my product in front of those qualified buyers eyes instead of that's what i call the glenn gary leads if you've never seen glenn gary glenn ross it's qualified leads and buys right so uh just like with horseshoe genetics i've got almost every legal state with every licensed cultivator and head shop. And like, I had to put three weeks into <laughs> finding all that information. So I could just sit around and do nothing while my wives make all the money. You know? Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, man, we had a good time last night. One thing RBV, I did want to bring up. I know we're going to get to the show because we got to punch in and punch out here today. We got a lot going on at RBV uh, marketing and fitness and, and the racetrack, and I got uh, UWE tonight uh, with training with the boys, and it never ends. So, uh, but this was interesting to me because I saw I brought this up with John Hartnett, and it, we go deeper into it. I don't know if you saw this or not, but um, Kevin Nash had a clip out of his podcast on YouTube, and he said, "Not a lot of people don't know this, but the Saudis bought WWE and only owned it for two days." before Endeavor bought it, but that's been kayfabed and that Vince made $1.6 billion off of that two-day deal. Very scent of a CIA woman in this uh, to me. Wow. Like I usually uh, listen to a lot of Nash's stuff. I, I love his take. Yeah. He's, just, he's very, he's very blunt. He's up front. He, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't shoot the shit. He just right. He cuts right to it. Uh, I did not see that. So there was like a middleman deal that no one had known about. Did did the Saudis say, this is me hypothetical, just based off that strange little comment, and maybe it's Nash working, I don't know, who knows, but it doesn't seem like he would on this, and it seemed like some inside info, um, is uh, 
let's say the Saudi, like they're shopping around, shopping around and the Saudis say $11 million, nine to $11 million. Let's say $11 million. Right. And, uh, and then the CIA goes, no, 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 no. We need it over here for this purpose. Da, 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 we can't do that. And then they said, we'll get you the, you can go with your secondary buyer and somebody higher than Vince inside the deep state approves the sale for $9.3 billion. Well, Vince goes, well, what the fuck, pal? I just left a billion six on the table. And the Saudis, based off their $168 billion weapons deal, go, give them the fucking money and uh, we'll keep doing business over there because their CIA or deep state handlers told them to so the shit can go through. And for some weird reason, it trickles down and leaks out through the Kevin Nash podcast. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think that's all a hypothetical in my mind of how and why it would go that way based off of that small stooge caveat but uh you know heart and i explored a little further and it's a great reason to sign up for channelattitude.com yeah, that's gonna be an, that's gonna be an intense one man there's a lot of angles to go with it and, and why why kevin nash to be the leak you know yeah yeah that's that's fucking very interesting too and you know just to double and triple down on it here hold on one second there's heart nets chat uh, you know, this is like, <laughs> where did you land? Did you have three helicopters or one? one? Like these are the private videos John sends me. So if you want to see more of, uh, Colby Covington and, uh, guys looking like he's dropped a couple pounds, man, to be honest with you fucking uh the MAGA monster himself, if I sign it. like these aren't, these aren't out. These are, if I don't sign it. So we can judge him. <laughs> You're not going to get that shit on any other wrestling podcast for five bucks a month. So uh, very, very interesting shows going out. And people are like, and I actually just saw the text. Billy Ray Valentine's like, do you need me? And I, I, and I faved him because I hadn't seen the text come through because my phone ran out of juice last night. Uh, get me juice, uh, deuce. And, uh, <laughs> instead Johnny filled in and we had a great time in the AEW self-help group. And, uh, that's, that's the level that we try and bring to the Friday locker room always. Man. It, it, you know, that's just, it pops me even more when, you know, people say to me, who the hell are those guys at HMG? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what do they know? Yeah. His wife pays all the bills. You, you, you ain't no fucking <laughs> Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not listening to you. But what's the heat going to be? Unfortunately, I don't know with, uh, you know, this week's dynamite, uh, last week we were at seven sixty down from eight thirty, Um, and, uh, rumor has it that TK's hiring more hands on deck, which makes me need to send an email, even if it's remotely to do some consulting work. But, um, regardless, uh, you know, with bigger deals, more things coming, you need, uh, you can't spread yourself that thin. And I, I like his presentations lately, as opposed to like get on the mic and be scared and hand it off to somebody. He's been more of a Jack Tunney style. You know what I mean? I think that's smart. Um, but what happened, what you going to do brother when Trump mania takes your rating and so does the fucking NBA and NHL and really just kicks you in the tits. It's good that they've got the Wembley stuff going on, but I don't know for this week I'd be uh, I, I read that everybody's a bit worried because of everything they're competing against and WWE puts up a show with no stakes no storyline just fucking tournaments with not even a normal tournament triple threats and shit 
when for, after for WrestleMania, for, uh, yeah, for it's weekend for a second right. place championship. Right. And wrestle it's after WrestleMania. You'd think we'd be kicking off all our new storylines and we're really not. We don't have anything, you know, that we're working on. Well, it's yeah, very so with WWE, you've just told me, all right, this is going to kick off our, our new draft. We're, we're going to be committed to this thing. We, we've moved people around. We're going to be excited for this shakeup. And you're doing the same stuff. Now, I'm seeing people that I, I can see on both shows already again. There's already confusion with this new championship. Is it going to go between these brands here? As you said, we got triple threats into singles matches. Uh, it's You're just throwing shit out there for the sake of throwing it out there for programming. Uh, but, yeah, AEW up against it last night. But they, they, they pulled out all the stops. They were trying here. Uh, they were talking, you know, about Kevin Nash, Big Diesel. They were uh, in the Motor City of Detroit. Uh, hot crowd, crowd was really into it there. Uh, yeah. they, they they brought what they believe some some big matches here. Uh, had a big. I'm surprised they didn't get. I'm surprised they didn't get Kev, man, because obviously, man, he's suffered a bad tragedy, and but we'll talk about that too because there there was a point last night was like. Wow, during a promo. So there's been, you know, Nash has taken a couple big digs at AEW. So, you know, there might not have been uh, a lot of interest from his part or their part on this thing. Dude, get the, get the checkbook out just to have it in and, and too sweet with the fucking bucks and everybody, bro. That's the value. Absolutely. Uh, but he's taking some digs at him saying, you know, guarantees that there ain't no way stone cold's watching that crap he doesn't yeah, watch yeah. it <laughs> but, uh, he, he could have said the same thing about raw too bro so like i mean yeah. everybody gets their shit in you know that's just how it is uh, absolutely there uh been overall on this show I, I i liked a lot of direction but i felt they really missed a lot of opportunity i, I liked the, the the use of video packages but thought most of them missed the point or weren't as effective as they had to be yeah, no, nah, man, nah, they they came in a weird time too in, in the show, so they were less effective after hot segments. They were more cool off segments than they were uh, uh, expounding on story. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. A lot of them are self serving. We need we can do tape segments. I just rather see a show don't tell instead of a one up talking head. Even if it's an interview segment, at least then we have an interview. MJF on his phone was good before he gets into it and starts doing his monologue is that was a sit down on a set. So he felt like we were on a set, but other ones are just like, here's my character piece. And it, it, it doesn't come off the right way, dude. You know, I'd rather use that time for a more proactive um, action sequence or something voyeuristic that the wrestlers in on that the audience is in on that the people aren't in the scene. There's a lot of setups as opposed to just like, here's me talking about my feud and I hate you the most, but I respect you and love you. What is going on? I, I don't we'll get into them, but they were very repetitive to me, but we'll jump into the yeah. show here. We are in Detroit at the little Caesars arena. Uh, we've got Excalibur, Tony Schiavone and Taz uh, on the broadcast for us here. We are going, uh, no intros. We're going right to the ring for what they have dubbed here. Double Jeopardy. It's the Ring of Honor World Champion. Mm. Claudio Castagnoli versus uh, one half of the eight of the, this is a misprint here, but the Ring of Honor World Tag Team, World Tag Team Champions, Ray Phoenix, again, representing his team. Double Jeopardy rules here. The winner will get to challenge the loser for that championship. So had Phoenix won, he would have got the challenge. Claudio for the Ring of Honor Championship. Uh, we do know at the end of this, Claudio goes over, so him and a partner will get the challenge, the Lucha Bros, 
at a future date for the Ring of Honor Championship. Then inside this match, uh, Ray Phoenix pretty dominant throughout this thing, uh, trying to wear down the big man, but couldn't get the job done in the end. Claudio uh, with with the big with the big win there at the end. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm pretty sure Claudio was going over here, so you knew it was going to be a get your shit in fest of out wrestling falsies and there was so many false finishes in there the don stevens was probably blown up pretty good by the time she got out of there from the up and down because i watched sideburns have to do it with ggp and profit last week and they had about 12 falsies in there he was up and down all over the place um and you know for us uh guys who like big spots and whatnot and ray phoenix is on another level I was having a stroke though, bro. It was, I don't know why some things like this, especially doing character voices, I, it shouldn't bother me at all, but is the guy's name Ray Phoenix or is it Ray Phoenix? And is uh, Excalibur just trying to be smart to Lucha and in, in Mexico, they call him Ray Phoenix and, and they don't call him Ray Phoenix because the way he's been portrayed or presented is Ray Phoenix, like Phoenix, Arizona. And he keeps going Phoenix, Phoenix. I'm going, Am I having a stroke here, bro? Stop I was, saying Phoenix. I picked up on that too. Like, what, what is he doing here? Why? Why is trying to get extra smart, or is is it something we don't know about? And he's been miscalled that for a long time. And right out of out of the gate, you're going to start calling him Ray Phoenix. Well, if that's the case, and we are, you know, doing Americanized version white bread, calling Phoenix Phoenix because we think the Phoenix rises from the ashes in Phoenix, Arizona, or whatever then let that be the guy's character thing and go, my name is Phoenix, not Phoenix, and get him over with that, dude, and, and get people chanting it. It's not up to an announcer to look smart on there without quantifying it, and it was making my head hurt, and it hurts even talking about it because it's so stupid and minute. But he said it like 17 times. I was just like, my God, man. You know, um, let's just scrap the whole thing and, and get some advertising, some sponsorship in here and just call him Ray, uh, Ray FedEx. FedEx. I think that'd be good, dude, because that guy delivers off the ropes. Yeah, hey, there we go. He delivers. It's the Ray yeah, yeah. FedEx delivery match of the week. We yeah. Um, but FedEx or Phoenix, whatever, the guy's an awesome athlete. A Rose Bay, any other name would smell as sweet when it does a 450 off the top to the floor. Um, and yeah, Claudio's a master technician bro you know uh, of our time he's definitely uh an unbelievable worker in many styles and these guys i thought worked well together the only thing and i liked it too in the beginning where they go uh we're getting ready to kick things off our action i think they should have come right in with action like we couldn't wait these guys started hot matches already taking place and have them going at it where we're joining the match in action those were some good tricks from the old days because they had to put over, you know, even though it was a lot of high spots and falsies, they're like, brother, we're only five minutes into the show. Can you believe this action? Like, we know it. You don't got to say it, you know, and you could tell that that was a directive that they had to put over. And I think if we would have started with coming in and they're already fighting and chain wrestling would have um, gotten that point over a little bit across without having to say it right on the nose, you know? I do like, you know, it's one of those things I looked at, you know, we're going right to the action. Uh, anything with Phoenix could be fast paced. Claudio can keep up with him there. Good, solid 15 minute opener from him. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. The guys, both those guys are brilliant wrestlers in, in their styles. J12s. And I'll say, I'll say Kevin Patrick makes Excalibur sound like Jesse Ventura. 
you know, not to sit here and bitch and throw darts at people all day, but dude, really every announced team is brutal because of one or two of the things of the guys and the lack of chemistry, the, the, you know, Irish uh, guy, Kevin Patrick uh, over there on raw, dude, it's hard for me to listen to him too, man. It really takes away for years. It was hard for me to listen to Cole until he got with McAfee and McAfee brought out some organics in him. Uh, for years that canned coal stuff that might as well just be a video game track you know what i mean was uh rough because i was a big jesse and fucking uh heenan fan and and king and jr and mcmahon on the mic and these guys don't even joey styles these guys don't even come close in my opinion dude and, and it's rough man yeah while we're talking about the commentary throughout the show but really in the main event uh even Shivoni was, and he just seemed like an old lost uncle, just like overly <laughs> excited about things. Yeah, but he popped me though on the stupidest thing on this show of this is where you just say yes and and you take it in and they're in the moment and he can just think on his feet and he knows comedy. But they're like, oh, witches are banned from win- ringside or whatever. Da, 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 da. And somebody's talking about witches and he, he buries his wife right there. And Taz goes, oh, like a stiff, bro. Like they're, when they're in the moment like that doing old boy shit, that pops the fuck out of me. When we're trying to do smart guy or we're trying to tell a big story ah, 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 and the cadence is that on everything for three hours, dude, it's just like, come on, man. I, I like, couldn't, you know, in the main event, I couldn't tell if he was being coached up with that, if they're in his ear about those spots, you know, like, oh, you, that glass, you have to have that surgically. Or if like he was looking at this as it was so ridiculous of what he continues to see over and over that he was overhitting it. Yeah, it could be a combination of both, bro. You know, so the like I said, we just haven't. And here, here sits a Timmy Baltimore waiting for the shot. When I know Baltimore would outshine them all, you know what I mean? It's uh, there's a lot of people that that should be uh, given that opportunity that give a lot more credibility and shine on the mic a lot more that are. <laughs> legends bro i'd rather see a booker t or you know anybody it's just tough for me to sit there and they've had their audition the audition time has passed and apparently there's like yeah nobody's bitching too much about them so let them let them keep it it's that's not these guys are here to enhance the show and enhance the moment instead they're taking me out of the moment and i'm listening to them and getting frustrated you know and that's not what you want you know, over on the WWE side, I think it's just that Irish accent. Yeah, they want an international feel, and it's I know, just but that's not like good. the worst accent in the world. But you're 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 handcuffing Corey Graves too, because Graves has got a heel on him. Like he's and Graves supposed to be like Ventura in the heel, but give me something, somebody good. And I like Wade Barrett too, but even though that's the because it gives me the fakey, the fucking peaky blinders. <laughs> I can always go into that, mate. No matter what, me and Alfie or Cole Smackdown no. And, uh, but, uh, you know, even then it's, it's still, the chemistry's not there. Maybe, maybe it needs to be, no, I don't know. I, I, I just, uh, there, there's some guys that are so NXT or so over WWE produced. And I want legends that are in the moment like Taz. And when Taz is just having fun, he's awesome, bro. And even when he sings Ruby Soho and they put it on Botchamania, that's hilarious, man. Like all that stuff is great. And even if they get something wrong and the straight man, younger guy corrects them, 
then they get heat on it. Like all those little things that set a domino in motion. You just let those guys free flow, dude. They're performers. They've been performers for 30 years. They don't need to be <laughs> scripted. They just need to be smartened up on what not to stooge off. Absolutely. Uh, when, it, when it comes to me doing commentary, I'm very fortunate because I have a copy of uh, the Bible, if you will, from Timmy Baltimore. So Yeah. Yeah, I've dude. got I've got all those cliff notes available to me, so I I regularly am on top of that thing. Well, uh, so again, that's a bigger thing than you realize. Maybe I should even talk about this off camera. But dude, <laughs> Timmy's lucky to be alive ten times over, bro. Like that's his life's work right there that you're holding on to. I hope you know that it it's great as a knowledge resource, but it's it's more than that. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to cool. shake you up or put oh, it No, no, no. I, it, it's very cool. And believe me, I mean, what it meant that he would share that with me. Yeah, yeah, man. It, but it's about preserving a legacy that should have been more. And, but the knowledge base is there. And they can't let that fucking die on the vine, bro. Absolutely. Uh, backstage, we have Renee Paquette. She tries to get a word with, uh, oh, he is back, ladies and gentlemen, Miro. Uh, is in the building. Don't really get anything from him. And Miro just barges into TK's office. And, and that's what we get. That's what we're left with it. Dude. Hilarious. The most hilarious point in the show. Because when do we I, see I think there's one other. I think there's one no, other. No. Because when do we see Miro again on the show? We don't. We don't. So he just barged in the office and nothing happened well, <coughs> well here's another thing i'm not saying it's hilarious like this is a great scene i'm going why would you do that and and then when do we he's going to see tony when do we see tony later on and he's doing the up. you know so are we supposed to believe this you know he don't let us know this was recorded earlier you're leading us to believe that tony is live talking to the people backstage so did like Tony get word that Miro's just hanging out in his office and avoiding it? Like he's not or was we he don't not get in there? Miro probably should have walked in in that announcement, bro, to be honest with you. Even though I like the straight man stuff of giving it that way, I was waiting for that. Cut, but cut the, we well, never cut see him again, man. bro. We right. never see him again. That's a big error, dude. And and here's what it really should have been is let's do it in, in one scene. Tony's with uh, Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa's going to cross him and say oh it's time to talk to the boss he's like i gotta go make this announcement i'll gladly give you time later tonight after the show's done okay cool then she fabes him goes into his office and as soon as he opens the door we see miro's already in there not that miro enters and we never they make miro look stupid by doing that dude like it should have been tony stressed and he gets past one barrier of talent trying to shake him down and then he opens his door and there's a guy that you can't shakedown you know what i mean so i don't know I, I also miro in sneakers and cargo shorts and cool guy stuff I, I, not that he's supposed to be you know coming out in character shit i guess he can wear whatever he wants i don't know that was the first time we've seen miro in how long and there's no follow-up or anything he might still be sitting in tony's office is he going to be waiting there until the show moves on to next week? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe somebody put up the sign that said Tony Khan's office and it's not really Tony Khan's office. And they did it just to fuck Lamiro. Like there's, there's, uh, it, it was, a, it was a miss. You know what I mean? Like the, the reintroduction of them and then zero follow up, bro. Okay. 
I was gonna say we, we got any listeners in Detroit can maybe go down to the arena, see if Mira's yeah, still there, exactly. waiting waiting for Tony Khan to come back. Yeah. To that you was find a big stash in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and then also, all right. So then we go into we get the uh, AEW World Champion MJF. Uh, he's doing his little sit down thing, and he's comparing the pillars to to the Beatles, uh, and talking about you know he's the Paul McCartney of the group. He's the one that had the longevity, the real talent uh of of the of those and he's essentially the distance and his accomplishments with everyone else is the size of a crater yeah um this is mjf's mjf yeah did you like to play in with the the beatles comparison there um i knew russo kind of (laughs) would and maybe mjf does too but does any of the aew audience which are 21 to 40 year olds are they hardcore beatles fans no they're i'm gonna be 46 this uh august and uh you know i i know beatles songs and never am i like you let me put on abbey road you know i really gotta fucking listen to this album no dude and and now a kid who's half my age well a little older than that um is making beatles references to ringo and this like we're supposed to get it so this to me is somebody who's a an older agent, a legend, wrote this promo. Yep. Because it, 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 it doesn't hit to me. Like Beatles stuff never does. And then as soon as I get to Paul, I'm like, well, Paul Fall, fake Paul. So maybe you are, you know what I mean? And we got some of the uh Kabbalah stuff in there. If he's putting over Beatles shit, maybe he's on the inside and they want to sell it that way. But I think it's just a shitty wrestling promo. And and to be honest with you, um, none of them are the Beatles of wrestling. <laughs> They're more like uh Nickelback Nickel like or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that'd have been more appropriate. So um yeah, man. And even he does himself a disservice of putting himself in a group like the Beatles because he's a better performer, really, than all of them. So, like, why would you even want to be in the exact same group? group. I, I, I didn't think this was a smart promo for him. Like, it, it was comparison and outside of wrestling and, and, like, this is why it'll stand out, you know what I mean? And liking yourself to the Beatles because they were the greatest of all time. I get it. But... It's not cool for guys their age and the audience that are watching. Absolutely. It's, it, this goes back to, I liked the idea of, hey, let's do some vignettes, tell some stories about these guys. But I thought they all missed the mark. Uh, so that was MJS. We, we start with the champ. We're going to get the other three pillars, if you will, coming up. Uh, but next out of the gate, we got the AEW World Tag Team Champions, FTR. You got Dax and Cash out in the ring. Uh, then they are joined by the challengers. Um, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and company. Uh, they're doing exchange there. FTR is saying, hey, you know what? What will give you this title match if you admit that you were using uh, Briscoe? You know, that, that you guys, are, there's some underhanded tactics here. They replied, hey, they're all friends. They went there to visit last week to, to the farm, to the chicken farm, because they're all friends. There is right. no, there is no uh, agenda, hidden agenda going on here. This segment was my pop of the night, my favorite moment, because we have Briscoe. Uh, Mark comes out. He shares this word. But this is another good point. He says he just talked to Tony. 
So was he in that locker room with Miro as well? Yes, <laughs> could be, could be, right? It's a tight, it's a tight office in there tonight, man, with everybody getting yeah. their shit in. So, but he makes the announcement that the tag match is going to happen. FTR is going to defend against Lethal and Jared. It's going to happen at uh, double or nothing. And he's going to be the guest referee, but he wants everyone to, to, to be cool about it. And they're going to have a toast. So as they're handing out those glasses, this is what popped me because he's got that bottle of moonshine or vodka or whatever yeah. he had with him. Jeff Jarrett throws his cup on the ground and kicks it out of the ring because he's the guy with the alcohol problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good little attention to detail. Uh, I, I would have done this one, though, like cheers over the shoulder gimmick. You know what I mean? Or maybe let him, instead of Sanjay doing the spit in the face, you had Jared do it. throw it in the face and be like, I don't drink this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. Like, uh, that, there, there was, I mean, it wasn't a bad little spot, but they could have got more out of it, you know, of what Jeff wanted to do there. But a, a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge is good too, where it's not overtaking everything and making it about that, you know. So I like this. I thought Mark got over huge, but just declaring himself the referee plays pop big, you know, just we haven't seen a special guest referee um, bit done in a, in a while. I don't think uh, that I can remember uh, the one that kind of stood out here. And I liked their stuff last week on the farm. I wish we would have followed up with one or two more farm segments. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was one of the better ones last week as a part of it. So let's continue yeah. with that kind of stuff. Yeah, there was a lot. I mean, they, they were out there. I would have shot three weeks worth of TV. Why just shoot one week and get it? Have, have here's a scene, a B and C where it ends with somebody falling in the manure pile or some, you know, something shitty happens to them or you got to, uh, you see the big man. No, no pun intended. Yeah. Big man's chasing the chickens around the fucking backyard and shit. Like, yes there's there's tons of bits that we just didn't do and we're back in the ring so i like this segment but it also made me go fuck we're, we're back in the ring bro that's all we're getting is the one good seg on the farm that's where i'm like shit i wish i was fucking producing this stuff man you know what i mean because i would have gone with you could shoot five six bits and pick the top three they might never see him and if they didn't work out or if you wanted to use them for to drive on youtube or uh, TikTok or whatever, that's where you fucking use those little side things, dude. Love it, man. Again, you know, right direction, just missed opportunities. It's uh, just which... not max value. That's, that's what it comes down to. You got the game is right there laid out for you. You did a great job with this one. But where's the, that's A, but I need B and C. Uh, so we do have, as I mentioned, uh, Sanjay spits the, uh, the, the alcohol into the eyes. I think it was, did he hit, was it Dax that he hit? Yeah, uh, yeah. Da- he, he hits mm-hmm. Dax, so he is blinded. So now we've got the beatdown on Cash uh, in all of this confusion and mayhem. I did thought that, that Mark looked a little lost, like he wasn't really sure what he was supposed to do in this thing. He, he was trying to bide his time for that spot where he wasn't right. like, getting too physical there, but he ends up getting pushed into the blinded Dax who hits him with the pal driver. And, and now we've got the – you know, was it intentional? You know, commentary is putting it over that he is blinded here, but it's still – you know, devastating maneuver. You, you've got the the heels calling him out. I can't believe you just did this to the ref. Bomb o'clock. Chris, you there? Yo, Alberto, what's up? I'm on air right now, and so are you. Say what's up to the Hameen Media Group, man. My man Chris from Jamaica is checking in right now. Yo, what up, Wagwan? Wagwan, Wagwan. 
Big up to you, my man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're we're yeah, we're all good, man. Having a good time. I got about 30 watchers right now, man. We're just reviewing the show. But uh, I'll check in with you tomorrow, brother, and uh, and say what's up to Ray Ray. Ray Ray's Jamaica Tours, my man Chris down there. That's my hookup, you guys. Give him a follow on Instagram, uh, Ray Ray Jamaica Tours, and have a good time with Chris. But uh, y'all, uh, man, I'll, I'll hit you up in a little while, all right? Okay, brother, man, keep it going. All right, one, 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 all right? All right, man, one love. I'll talk to you soon. Later. All right, then, brother. <laughs> of course you got to hook up with a guy named ray ray <laughs> <laughs> all the rays i know man but we're international that's what i'm just saying here I give chris a little shine man fucking big shout out to chris uh and we'll tag him on this and send it to him uh timestamp 44 minutes in so uh <laughs> dude that made, global that run-ins baby global run-ins yeah yeah we almost had uh, an aew talent run in last night on those uh self-help group but uh, she was uh, in her sports bra watching the show. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> ratings, they... baby, ratings. <laughs> yeah, but they said well, that's pretty much what you're wrestling. So she's like, nah, my hair's not done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but all my wife's doing all the hard work while I don't have to do anything. So, uh, but I, I, I was going to say I, I popped because of the liquor last night with the Jared thing because I fell off the wagon after three weeks. I usually don't drink during a show week, and I had three matches three weeks in a row. So, we just stayed on the horseshoe genetics most of the time. But last night I broke out the scene, El Senorito Mezcal. And we were back up on it, man, and uh, doing a shot for all my Bearcats out there in the uh, twitch.tv slash homie media AEW self-help group. We had a good time last night for sure. Always a so. good time with the self-help. So uh, we, we, so we're left there with the, uh, you know, where does this stand here? What does this mean? Uh, the accidental pile driver there on the special guest, Mark Briscoe. Uh, we then cut uh, to another backstage segment here. Renee is with, uh, she puts in here, the Ocho, Chris Jericho. Uh, Jericho talking about, you know, it's, kind of, it's still driving in uh, the growing program, the feud, fueling the fire between him and Adam Cole. And Jericho reveals that because of the, the attack last week on him, at the hands of Adam Cole. Adam Cole has been banned from the buildings when Jericho is there. Yeah, well, this was interesting and, again, kind of head-scratching because we've got a heel that gets an injunction and then the baby also contacted a lawyer to lawyer versus lawyer. So we're we're going down this litigation thing and we don't have Mark uh, Sterling involved in I this. Have to stick it in as well i mean he's pretty much everybody's legal representation inside yeah of this thing. and we also have judge jeff jones backstage which you could have one upped and gone i've got a lawyer oh yeah well i've got a judge and brought him back you know what i mean so are we going to go to wrestlers court with this or are we just going to do your band from the uh, arena because i got a lawyer that nobody fucking sees and i got a lawyer nobody sees and i did this to you and we can just do make up one upsmanships and even Jericho selling when he gives him the papers, but Renee looks over his, his shoulder real quick and the papers all up. She's like, yep, that's legit. I'm like, dude, now we're doing phony wrestling. Like set something up and commit to the bit of the lawyer stuff. You can't have Renee Paquette look over your goddamn shoulder on a crinkle paper and go, no, that's notarized and legal. Like, oh, what the fuck, bro? So we're, we go phony wrestling, but now we've introduced lawyers that we haven't seen. In improv, if you reference a character that's not in the scene later on, we need to see that character in scene B or C in the exposition. 
of where we're going. Otherwise, we're just didn't really have anything. We're doing make them ups and I can fucking make up any phony thing and print it up on on AEW letterhead. And and now it's hey, it's wrestling official like nope so if we don't go to wrestlers court like i don't really care about a match at all what do i want to see the people's court bro i want to see don't don't the plaintiff is chris jericho also known as you know like all that shit it is campy as jericho loves getting (laughs) sometimes i mean did you think he'd come up with something great with that uh any thought as soon as you heard okay um because of attacks on certain talents and people getting sent home or banned from arenas any, did you give any thought to shit that actually happens quite a bit in your in your company, but it's just yeah. not in your, it's just not in your script, right, right? Right? Like the guy's fighting backstage and gets sent home, and who's got heat from it or whatever, man? Yeah, but I mean, uh, like yeah. the, the fact that they introduce these alleged lawyers, we better see them, otherwise, now we're just not doing writing to the level that we need to, you know? I mean. We haven't seen Andrade, right, since uh, he went over and punched Sammy. Right. And and, uh, and then arguably the biggest star in your company, CM Punk's been sitting at home because of uh, yeah. a scrub. King, Kingston just had uh, surgery for a hernia, so, you know, shout out to him, man. I hope he uh, recovers quickly there. But another guy who kind of had issues, right, that they had to sit for a while is my point, so – uh, so anyway, so we got mm-hmm. uh, the lawyers are uh, involved here. So Rod Strong, he interrupts as we were talking about uh, challenges Jericho to a false count anywhere. Jericho says, you know, he's got an army behind him. That's when we get the uh, that the Jericho Appreciation Society is also banned. I guess the good news with that is we won't have to see them in, you know, 10 segments. Yeah, they can just sit backstage and react. They've done that before and it's been good. You know what I mean? Uh, does that also include Sammy? Yeah, I'd say why not, you know? But just the the baby face doing the lawyer thing, too, was like, eh, I don't know. Like, that was the opportunity to bring Sterling in, but he's a heel, so it wouldn't have worked. Well, if you're the baby face here and you want to get excitement and intrigue into this thing, instead of banning people, you know, Ronnie should have been something, you know, along the lines of, you know, yeah, you got an army, but guess what? So do we. Yeah, and I might be calling some of my friends. That you yeah, that's you great. Know, Absolutely, undisputed era, all that shit. You and know, you tease all that. Bobby Fish can come back, and uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and all that shit. Absolutely, Red Dragon. Um, I would like to see the lawyers at ringside, and there's a lawyer cat fight on the outside, and they just start beating the shit out of each other. You know I'd what? find two. I'd find two indie workers to play the lawyers, and and let it come down to that. That's, you know what I mean? Paper. What I Smart yeah. marks out of here. We want sexy lawyers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And cat fighting baby cat fighting no i was just talking about two guys on the outside who don't know how to fight and it looks all stupid you know what i mean there's papers uh-huh. flying everywhere and all that shit double 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 ball shots all that shit uh, oh you know what i guess i did miss this here because i guess i just didn't pay attention as we got renee paquette was trying to get a word with tony khan about miro but thunder rosa uh comes in right Okay. So now, now, and that's the other thing that I, not that I have an, an issue with is we, and then she's like, it's a good night to talk to the boss. And we never see her talk to the boss. So people are just there to get meetings that we haven't seen at all. And the fact that we had Miro be like a surprise reveal, she shouldn't have been on because that takes away from his now it's like oh miro and thunder rose now we split the we split the spotlight we split the focus 
Could have and been him this week or next week. Each other. And, and never followed up on. So they're just aimlessly walking around uh, the arena. Somewhere. So then here we get Thunder Rosa. Then after the break is when we get uh, Tony Khan with the, mm-hmm. the, the, the Annie up for the big Annie. Yeah, that's right. Week. Yeah, Annie's up for big Annie. And uh, I thought he did a good job uh, because those promos that preceded these, the big Annie's before where he was either kind of jumping up and down like a super fan or would have a star that he wanted to let them tell it that takes away from his credibility as the owner. The two that he's done back-to-back recently are definitely more in the Jack Tunney style of owner-operator that he should be portraying himself as, a suit, as clean-cut as he can be. uh, You know what I mean? And I think he needs to even cross over the football side of things when it's that season to look like a bigger owner-operator and build it up. Because the rest of the time, it looked like he was just trying to be one of the boys and, and get over with the fans. The, the fans are not Tony Khan. They do not have billions of dollars. <laughs> like as much as he wants to try and relate to them, you can't. We don't own NFL teams and soccer teams, right? So uh, be that. Be that above. You don't have to be a dickhead. You don't have to be like, I'm richer than you. You can always go that route if you want. But right uh, now, just just be uh, uh, an ambassador, for wrestling. What's what's an extra billion dollars when you're Tony Khan? Eh? Right, right. <laughs> Fuck it. That's what he. That's how he snorts snorts this shit with a billion dollar bill. Yeah, J12 says Khan heard uh, Russo about cleaning up, uh, laughing about it. Uh, maybe he did. If you can take a note, take a note. You know what I mean? Uh, we did back to the ring here for the AEW All Elite Wrestling International Championship. Uh, this is pretty much becoming. Uh, this is more of our TV title. Each and every week out here, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, the champ, depending against. Hey, he's not going to be there next week, but he is this week. Uh, Daniel Garcia of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, this has been the typical match here. Uh, we get the spots, you get the fun spots from from Juice uh, Garcia. Really working the submissions in this thing, uh, trying to wear down the champ. You've seen a lot of exchanges there on the mat between the two. And in the end, quite a few times there where they did the close call where it looked like Garcia might have been able to get him, uh, but Orange prevails with the, with a little bit of the uh, with the shoulder roll up there at the end. One of the things that got me at the end is they're like, oh, if, if Garcia wouldn't have been so worried about being a sports entertainer and, and wrestled, he wouldn't mm. be the champ. Right? What, what the hell was he doing that was sports entertainment? He wasn't like they, yeah, they said anything. he did a little dance thing or whatever that he usually doesn't do, and like he's not really. Uh... He was focusing on submissions and ground and right. He did, it, it, the whole thing was GMP and and the sharpshooter, right? Like that's right. that's what he's going for, and to be embarrassed or be frustrated in the his reaction afterwards, where he was shocked, angry, was decent. I was I was down with that, but yeah, the, when they said that, I thought the same thing. I thought it was a good line, but it's not in the right guy because that guy wants to be a shooter. You know if, what I mean? If there was so, anybody doing the sports entertainment. It's it's Cassidy. Uh, yeah, it, absolutely. Absolutely. So no, it, that was, that was strange commentary too. Um, but Daniel Garcia and is a good fucking wrestler. You can't take that away from him. Uh, just maybe, maybe he was a little bit more sports entertainment. It, yeah. it would work a little better for him. Uh, he's got to find somebody to bring that out in him. You know, I know that he's been paired with guys in groups and whatnot. I think he shows, more intensity than he did because he was never really on TV or trained for TV. He's a, a Buffalo guy, ESW, and um, they do good shows out there and good delivery, but 
if you weren't didn't come through the program, it's going to take a little longer for you to pick up. And I see that he has, but we still want to get too much of our own shit in versus an Orange Cassidy when you don't got to wrestle. You can just show ass. You know what I mean? And he he out, uh, you know, satires you or whatever it is, and you get pissed off, slip on a banana peel, and he goes over in a certain way. You don't got to do all the extra stuff, but all these guys want to wrestle, 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 wrestle. Absolutely. And uh, that's so not how you work. Orange Cassidy's gimmick is wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Like, they're not playing to his strength. So Orange goes over here. Uh, next out into the ring, we get an in-ring interview from one of the, the few in the company who got there and, and hold his own for an extended period of time. Christian Cage is out, and he is he is the next in line for the TNT championship. And he starts going into the daddy issues that we see across the board, and especially in, in his opponents that he has problems with in AEW, uh, if it would be Jungle Boy or Wardlow. And then he starts, he kind of flips out. I like the transition there where he turns the, the daddy son thing on arm. And, you know, you can't even take care of your own son and you're trying to, you know, piggyback off of this big dude. But yeah, hey, dude, like that's but hey, bigger. Hey, you that your whole career on? I guess because you're Tully's partner, you're a star. Oh, fuck that. Tully, that's not, that's, not, the, that's and, not the important part, dude. No, 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 no. But the son the, part is what hell. Yeah, the, the wordplay was fucking the work can handle anything if you approach it the right way. And that was low and tasteful, distasteful, but he switches it on a dime. So the heat's back on the crowd in two lines. So he references the tragedy of Arn Anderson losing his son. Very raw, very recent, you know, what? Three months, maybe mm -hmm. four months. And, uh, and, but then he's talking about no Brock Anderson, his other son works here, but it's all inferred. So it's not devastatingly right on the nose, but that's what hits your mind first before he switches gears onto that mega heel heat for the distastefulness of it. However, he covered his tracks, even though it was leading to one way. Dude, serious heel work of like the highest order to lay some shit down like that. And, you know, now it's like, wow, what the fuck? We instantly have stakes of this shit is real down and dirty and not wrestling phony of the way he's talking. So <clears throat> up until this point, everybody else has been playing. Well, I won't say uh, the opener. They, they wrestled their asses off everything else. They've been playing wrestler. Here's real wrestling from Christian, bro. And like this shit stands out on a show, makes the entire rest of the show look like, what are we doing? That's where we should be striving for everything else is C plus, And that's an a plus right there. That was crazy. Good. Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, what makes it more effective is where we do, we do applaud them and we'll recognize when it's the right move to do something backstage, but this hits home because Christian can deliver it in front of the audience. Yeah. You're getting a real reaction there on it. Well, the other part too, that, that popped heart in that too, uh, huge because he's our local gambling handicapper is that he went out for his promo right as the third period of the Leafs game started so he could get it out of the way and go back and watch the rest of the game backstage. He'd be fucking, I'm out of here. I'm going out for three minutes, get my heat, and then I'm going back and watching this shit. He probably waited yeah. till it went to commercial and goes, hit my music, <laughs> and fucking goes out and does it. Oh, so, that's, that is that is brilliant. What, what a great pickup there. That is awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, man. Uh, so I think Leafs won 2-1. Looking forward to that, though. It's something that's exciting. And it hit home. It was real. 
uh, and people feel a little uncomfortable, and that's what you need. Oh, yeah, dude. That's one of the few things that made me feel on this entire show, entire week uh, of shows, you know? There were some moments at Backlash that were good, especially with Savio, and uh, I I like what... um, uh, they said on bust open that they should have put it on Zelina. I was, I didn't even, not that I didn't think of the choice. I'm just like, they'll keep it on Rhea. I knew they were going to make her job in her hometown, but they should have put it on her for 48 hours and had Rhea take it off her at, at Monday. That was a good idea that they should have and would have been huge baby face pop. So all uh, and that LWO stuff would have sold five times as much in 48 hours. If she would have won it. It, it's, it's a, it, it would have been a good business decision, not just uh, not believable. Like, nah, she could have slipped over on her. Yeah, um, you have, you, have a, you know, the, that huge upset. And ultimately, you have Rhea, when she comes back, get even more heat. Like, more heat and just her. kicking her head off back in the States. Right on Monday. Yeah, Monday, that was it right there, dude. You know what I mean? Uh, but we missed that. We missed that bus for sure. And, um, yeah, man, uh, this one as well. So, yeah, this, this was good. Uh, a lot of feeling in it. Looking forward to it. Uh, a total miss mark on, on actually getting some emotion and feeling here. We get the Darby uh, home video where he's talking about, you know, he trains crazy and extreme because that's the way he wrestles and he lives. Again, here's the thing. You know, the same message that we got. Oh, I think we skipped over the Sammy one. But, you know, Sammy is talking in his about you got to dream big, believe in your heart. Why are why are we wanting to be sympathetic towards Sammy? He's been one of the biggest scumbags. They're trying, yeah, they're trying they're to turn him baby off of that all access show. Um, and he's good looking. He could easily be a baby face, but okay, he's okay, been okay, a I'm huge scumbag. He's still one of those guys. He's good looking, but he's so good looking. You want to punch in the face. You want to see his, you you can't, see his good lucks get oh. messed up. Yeah, but chicks want to bang him. Moms want to bang him. Fucking dudes who are fat uh, wrestling marks want to be him. So that's what it takes to be a good baby face uh, to get it over, even though he is kind of a natural heel. But that doesn't matter, dude. You can't sit there and tell me you're a baby face. You need to show me through your actions. There needs to be sacrifice. There needs to be. Uh, running to the cause to help somebody who's uh, being bullied and you, and you're the cavalry and you actually get over and win, Um, you know, some, something that is not ego driven and all they're doing is this of like, it was my dream. And sometimes when you, you, you try and capture your dream, you don't even realize that you're living it. I've seen that promo from this week. I'm just like, his delivery is not bad, but I need to see show. Don't tell. If you tell me, that you're this thing, then it's not going to get over, dude. I did like the how they included Jericho in this, you know, talking about, hey, you know, when I, I brought him in, not as a sidekick, but I knew that he, you know, had this potential. Again, I didn't like the overall message, and I didn't like having uh, Tay Mello in this thing at all. No. She's just trying to – dude, I'm telling you, it's off that all-access thing where they expose them at David Buster's as the couple, and we got to humanize them and, and all that shit like now if you call out dude you left your fiance that you proposed to in the ring here to go bang her and you're a piece of trash and we really think that you think the fans are marks and you're too stupid to stop jumping off ladders and you're gonna break your own neck like you're gonna turn him baby with all that if anybody accuses him of that now so it really needs to be who does he care about not ty per se but another baby face and his crew grabs that baby face and 
they're going to beat the shit out of him and they're holding him and it's his time to wrap his fist in the chain and hit that baby face in the face. And then he looks at it and goes, fuck that and turns on his own buddies because he's got to make the choice. That's a show. Don't tell of how a baby is saddled with, am I going to do this because of peer pressure or am I going to step up and do the right thing? And I know that when the time is there, that's how you're going to turn them on a dime, but telling them backstage with like soft lighting and sexy hair gel, not going to work, man. It, it, that's the same thing with Darby. You, you open it up by telling me you train extreme, you live extreme, you wrestle extreme. Uh, then this whole thing again is about a little boy and, 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 and the whole thing is set to elevator music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, and he's a dark nothing made me feel extreme about this thing or, no. you know, or energized. And he's a dark character, mythic, Sting's guy. Instead, nope, it's sunshine day out here at the cul-de-sac where I built a skate ramp on my parents' house. Like, what? Like, none of that, none of that, dude, is, like, helping to aid his character when he did have it right with the film noir stuff, with the body bag. All that shit was brilliant work, man. And now we're doing... my dad. I yeah. think this is dark hurt kid because of my here's drunk my uncle. Dad, yeah, right. Here's my dad. <laughs> like, dude, I, I just can't get over it. Like, of how we had it, and now we're not even close. And, and, and to even doing Sting's it. talking about, you know, he was alone. He was a loner. You know, he didn't have anyone to open the doors for him. He didn't have an uncle. Like, you just told us he had a dad. You just showed us his yeah. freaking dad. Dude, some some serious messes right here. Uh, it's uh, again. It's just uh, we're, real quick while we're on it. Even the Jungle Boy one, and I, that we, how brilliant that with Christian was earlier. Why was Christian included in that one? Uh, in what one? In I'm the sorry. Jungle Boy, in the Jungle Boy video vignette. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, dude. And that Jungle Boy vignette is brutal. That's uh, the worst one out of them all. And you know, the, on the Friday locker room, uh, Hartnett and I go into it of what the 90210 thing should look like and how we can get into it even now. Um, it's almost, it was almost too late. There's a couple tricks that we can do to drop a pebble in the pond, but it really needs to be a stylized piece um, and could get a lot of people over and, and make, and let them play in 90210 world that is specifically through Jack Perry's eyes, but it's going to take the right director and fucking somebody to actually carry it out. It's very similar to what I would have done allegedly with uh, the telenovela with Garza and fucking Carrillo and, and all those guys to, to get the Latinos over three, four years ago. This would be very much for <laughs> all the young pillars to shine in their own way. Uh, just, again, just you see when, you, when you, you see the raw clay there, something that could be made from it. Uh, in the completeness that we got. Uh, Frank's putting it, it says, uh, Jungle Boy has no Luke Perry in him, bro. Uh, I disagree. I mean, he's probably got 50%. Um, but uh, the the fact that Luke Perry's acting is not anything that's crazy. All I need is a locker set, him leaning against it going, oh, Brandon. And Brandon Cutler enters. And fucking even the young bucks get to act like cool high school guys who are always wounded. And I would even bring in Tiffany Amber Theason and um, probably uh, what's the girl's uh, her dad ran the show fucking there. Uh, oh, Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling to do something as well. Uh, just small walk ons that would make it believable 
and comedic, but you never you play it true to the life of what's going on. Even the peach pit, I would have like not the peach pit, but something else, you know, because right now, even uh, I think it's Anna Jay's got a shirt about her ass or something, and it's got the peach on there. Yes, we could get we could get that over, put her in the world, bro, and the girls. We got Anna Jay coming up. You want a girl to play something in a role that looks like it might be high school? Uh, yep. How about Julia Hart? Who Julia is, Hart too. Absolutely, yeah, but, both of them would fit in as the goth girls, and we had that's where we have heat, and we do everything Teen Beat, Tiger Beat, nineteen ninety one, bro. It's all right there, but it takes some effort, and it takes these young performers who think they're over because they've had a contract for three years, and now they're in the bubble that they're way up here to go no. The, everything you've done up to this point has been pretty amateur at best. And now we're going to have some fun on a TV show. Are you with me to do it? No. Okay. Well, Miro's over in the office. Go hang out with him. <laughs> you know? Miro's, Miro's waiting to talk to somebody. So. Yeah. He's right. Miro wants to go talk to you. He's in Tony's office. He told me to come get you. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned both of the ladies there. Uh, Anna J A S taking on Julia Hart from the house of black here. Dude, Cooney, even if you wanted to, I wouldn't want to lower Miro's character. But if we had that world going and you see Miro walking, and as soon as he walks into Jungle Jack Perry's world, or, you know, whatever we're going to call him, uh, McKay, Jack McKay, fucking that Miro's got like a varsity letterman's jacket on and he's instantly the jock. That, like, that's how fast that should happen to create those realities, you know? So. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, that that, that would have been good. A little <laughs> tour going on here behind me. Uh, but yeah, this match here, no holds barred set up for the ladies, Ben. Um, yeah, man, uh, we kind of get a witch out of nowhere, uh, you know, and then she's in a bodysuit, so she's sexy witch, I guess. And uh, okay, and two blondes doing hardcore uh, out of nowhere uh, to to set this up. So, it, I mean, is this? It's just like just a mask to how poor this division is at this point. Every time they go out there, they got to have some kind of a gimmick match, uh, especially for those on the undercard here with the women's division. Yeah. Well, is she a witch? Have we seen her cast any spells? Does she have anything going on? This would have been, I'm a witch. I don't even have to work. Out comes Anna Jay to do it, get in her face, and Abaddon comes out from behind, and we tie Abaddon and the witch together, and we have the demon, and they get heat on her. Shouldn't have been a match at all, man. If you're going to be in a character, nobody wants to see this character wrestle. We want to see this character character and do, I, what, I it, do what it takes. With, with Abaddon, this is too close to the main event. She might have been too emotional. Jay probably would have probably would have choked her up. Yeah, I don't think she would have got through. Uh, but then at the end here, uh, who went the hell over in this? Uh, the, the witch girl, right? House of Black. Julia Hart, she goes over. Uh, yeah, uh, heels up here. And did, what did it really do for the, uh, you know, everything that's been going on? I, I don't know. I just uh, was probably five or six shots into Mezcal right here and going, okay, uh, these girls are having a good time, but are either of them ready for TV? I have to ask that, you know? Yeah, it's it was... One of those, you, you kind of, what else do you have going on in the house or whatever? Uh, yeah. You're tossing them back. Uh, I think I was making a taco salad at that time. Mm-hmm. No no pun intended. Sure. Uh, but our, our next match out there with the, the AEW World Trio Championship, and this is gonna, this is an open house match. Uh, but when you think about this, it's they're going to set up these open challenges essentially, but in the open house there is a, a list of, what, eight, six or seven maybe stipulations and the challengers any 
trio's pairing can step up to this and they get to pick a different stipulation for the open challenge or the open house match. And what did they pick? Which one did they pick for this one? You're talking about they get to make another rule? Yeah, no, yeah you could you get to add something to it. Like if this it's a 20 this, this count. Was the, if it's, this was the know. dumbest thing, like fucking blown opportunity where we all looked stupid, where they thought it was going to be a funny slacker joke and it turned into like a dead fart in church scene. It, it was not good where they first pitch it to Chucky P and say, you don't, you get to make a rule. You didn't know what rule. We get to make a rule for the match. I didn't know that. So now the guys in the match don't, aren't even researching their own match and know what's what, or they're just being, it, it's supposed on. to be for one of the illustrious championships inside of your company. Right. We're, we're just egging them on camera that they get to do it. Then he goes, uh, I don't like witches. Uh, da, 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 that's for sure. And then Trent gets to go, you know what the rule is? All witches are banned from ringside. Oh, uh, okay. So Julia Hart's banned from ringside. Does she have a history of doing bad shit to them and getting over on them that she's getting heat on them with fireballs and black fucking Papa Shango goo comes out of their mouth or she pulls out their fucking dog and murders them in front of them as a sacrifice to Molech or whatever? I haven't seen any of that. Then again, I don't watch Dark Elevation, so I don't know. But fucking, you can check out on Rampage right here, channelattitude.com with uh, Dr. Jeff Lipman, DJ Mass Effects, Chris Ams on there sometimes as well. Maybe they know better than I do because I only watch Dynamite for Light the Fuse. But this was a made them all look stupid because they didn't even know they got to make a rule. And then when they made one, it was a waka waka fucking joke instead of going doing something that might have actually helped them win the title you know what i mean like would have would have gotten over so i don't know man um this this was one of those things where you go look at what christian did and then look at this scene mm. uh completeness yeah, this whole thing was real confusing to me uh so I, it, the match itself you pretty much it was just a, pretty much a squash here for the house of black uh out there dominating Crowd was really behind them, real loud. They were very vocal, chanting House of Black, showing their support. Uh, a little bit of surprise is, you know, how popular it seems that the best friends or the, the best amigos for this one because they had uh, Bandito with them. But wasn't meant to be for uh, the best amigos here as the House of Black picks up the win. Uh, Kyle Fletcher from Aussie Open late after the match lays out an open yeah. challenge. Uh, then, then we got a guy that nobody knows that we've we have an inter we've had do maybe two matches on, on maybe on dynamite they had two appearances i don't know how many on rampage i'm sure the kid's a good fucking worker he's got two belts so he's got to be almost as good as me uh you know belts i don't even know what they are so that's great i think mine looked better however i didn't show up on dynamite and people go who the fuck is that where they have to put it over and all he does is go, what, Aussie, Aussie, while he stands there? And, dude, we're going to intro characters. Let's do an intro to players. You know what I mean? Let the guys be in the ring. Hit fucking Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. And you show whatever, surfing, shrimps on the barbie, kangaroos punching each other. I don't give a fuck. Like, then he's up there in the Oz larger than life, and we get to see those guys looking up at him. And give them two or three lines to set something up. Even if it even if it was a pre-tape thing, you know what I mean, to put out there. It just if you're like, okay, that's a 
strange ending to this scene, I guess. Yeah. It was a little weird. So I guess we're looking forward to that coming up here. Uh, the next challenger for Orange Cassidy. Are we, though? Are we looking forward nah. to it? I, I guess the New Japan people are. Okay. Right. Good. Classic uh, so, uh, classic Australian-Japanese match, pal, Deuce. That's what we got to book here, pal. Uh, ben, it's main event time. We're lowering the, the five tons of carnage. The steel cage coming down here. It's the elites Kenny Omega versus the uh, the Blackpool Combat Clubs. John Moxley, Moxley from Cincinnati, Ohio, hitting the ring first to Wild Thing. Omega making his entrance, but Moxley's not going to wait. They are on the attack. Uh, we see before the match officially gets going here early on in the main event. Uh, we've got Claudio and Yuta out uh, attacking. Omega Bucks come out for the save. All the meantime, Danielson's mm -hmm. over on on commentary. Yeah, he didn't give a shit. Like everyone's fine. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Well, there was like this. some weird exchanges there, which I thought was weird. It's like we, we've got the actual guys that, that in the match fighting, but the camera's like five minutes up at the top of the ramp. Yeah, with all this other stuff going on, and, and people are just pausing and waiting for cues, and and Danielson's. Yeah, he's he's getting up every now and then for a slight distraction, but it's not jumping in anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no like he's fine with it, and that's weird because if he's with that crew, one of those guys should have got free, come up there and and smashed him, and then he puts the headset down and they're going at it, and he never comes back to commentary. That's real beef, right? Just sit there and be like, eh, my boys got it, I guess. I'll just sit here and talk about it. Like now we're not in a real fight with our crew. If my if it was going down with your homies of HMG. Uh, got into it with somebody, you know, at the at the racetrack, some rednecks, even though you worked there, you'd probably come to the fight, yeah. even if it's to try and break it up. But, like, at least you're getting up off the fucking headset and going, holy fuck, they're beating the shit out of me, and I better fucking go help them, right? <laughs> right? Instead, he just sits there. It's the same as Matt Hardy getting his fucking ass kicked. Two guys run down with their entrance music. They get their ass kicked, and then they hit Jeff's music, and he comes down. Must not like his brother too much. Ah, fuck it. Let him get fucked up for two minutes. I got to well, wait. Then there was even, you know, the one where they throw uh, Matt off of the ramp. And then Yuta and Claudio are both beating him up. And Nick's sitting there talking smack to, to Brian. Bro. And, and then he takes off running for that big dive. I mean, it was just some weird, awkward exchanges. And we're not it's, getting any of the action in the ring. In. Yeah, it's getting your shit in on spots as opposed to making things look real. You know what I mean? It's a it's a Broadway play version of pro wrestling, and pro wrestling is already close enough to that. We don't need it scripted with like, and then this part of the play happens, and like, nah, dude. If it's going down like that, the baby should have got free, come up and attacked him. He could call him an Andrew. What? What do you want? And then boom, and then commentary can react like, oh shit, bro, don't you know? Like, instead, when they don't do it, everything goes to phony like that. And we get V trigger after V trigger and fucking that's one winged angel big, on the glass. Big, big in big impact spots where the competitors are immediately popping back up. I mean, you know, Moxley's going to, you know, he gets the, yeah. the you know, right through the glass, boom, he's right back up. Uh through the cage, V trigger through the cage, right back up. Put a barbed wire chair on his back, stomp it in to get shoot color. While he's doing that, they're they're closing yeah, up yeah. on him, gigging his fucking own head, bro. I don't understand how many times they've been caught that nobody is smartening up production that I'm going to gig when 
when he puts the chair in my back and stomps it in, stay wide. Okay. Like that's all it takes that what that take 10 seconds to get that out. And that, instead they're right in on them. I'm just going, man, somebody like if I was him, you know, like I got to believe he's enough of a professional that he should be smartening somebody up, whether it's his producer or somebody else in there as many times as they get caught. Cause I wouldn't want to be on Kenny Olivier today like they are or AEW botches having that shit out there. It's not hard to take care of these things after you've already been chastised for them. This was a, a cage match. You want to get color though, you know, and they go hardcore, but then it ends. Well, there was the one thing, the, the cage wall comes down and buddy almost got his leg broke. That wasn't scary, nasty. Um, and then uh, Callus comes in with a screwdriver gimmick, but like, have we gotten the screwdriver over like like i know it's happened in other matches it's just not as scary to me as a spike or an ice pick yeah you know there's there's other things that like when i see a screwdriver i'm like ah, is that a phillips head or flathead and uh what's a you know what are we gonna use that on to, to tighten up uh, some multi- shit? multi-functional tool or something yeah like that. yeah like mm, unless you're putting it like unless you're putting it in the guy's mouth unless you're putting it in like and trying to get it to come out of sheet on the other hand you show that yeah, or somebody's hands there, and you stab it through the back of their fucking hand, and it's a, in a scene where you can fake it with a prop one. Like it's not that scarier thing, or you're trying to take somebody's eye out with it. Like mm, I don't know, just in the head with a screwdriver. There's uh, other things that are more um, psychological damaging for the audience. Mm, absolutely. Uh, so here we do. We get the V trigger that opens up the cage. Uh, I was thinking, did it go a little long after this? I mean, because then we got all these other different spots coming in. Or back, Moxley brings the screwdriver back in here. Uh, Callus comes in, to, what we believe, to make the save. Gets the distraction. Kenny's able to hit another retrigger. Hits the, the one wing. Looks like he's going to pick up the win. And then the big turn here. Callus attacks his longtime friend. Uh, almost, you know, like a, a son and father figure as he attacks Omega. Yeah, it just it just left that audience confused because there was nothing leading into this that we saw where there was politicking by Blackpool Combat Club to get in the head of uh Callus tonight. Like we should have had some maybe I missed it, you know, on the Mezcal, but there should have been one or two inferred things in the last couple of weeks of Daniel Bryan going into a room and then we come back and Don Callis goes into that room and then Miro's in there, but no, like they just happen to cross paths. You know what I mean? And just a breadcrumb trail that would have led to this turn right here. Cause it, it left everyone confused and that's not what you want from your audience, you know, cause it wasn't a baby face turn uh, really because he's a heel most of the time. But the elite are the fucking babies in this feud. So him turning a heel on his own guys when he's the heel of the group, it's a very strange. You're only as good a, a top heel as you were as a guy over as a baby face. Right? If you're mm-hmm. if you're heel trying to turn heel, how the fuck is that gonna work for you? Yeah, it's it's just confusing how they've got all this all aligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was um strange but i understand what they want to do of like they're talking in storyline and we getting our ass kicked by trump in the nba and hockey everybody gig (laughs) like all that shit you know so 
uh, look good on paper maybe i don't know does anybody care about don Callis's character enough that this had impact you know what i mean that's i think the bigger question and it's not that don Callis sucks or anything like that i'm not trying to say that it's just we haven't built enough equity to make that mean something lately in the last you know speaking of what you're speaking to even though we know their history but Callis has always been kind of that weaselly sob so sure we shouldn't be really surprised that this happened Right. Maybe, maybe the surprise that it took this long. Right. But they, but it's a heel turn of a friend on a friend, but the one guy's a heel and the other guy's a baby face. So the heel turning on that to turn further heel doesn't make him that much of a bad guy. You're just like, eh. Well, okay. He's kind of a douchey baby face. Yeah. 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 What are you going to do? I mean, right now he's, he's really the baby face here just by default because we're supposed to hate people that run around stabbing people with screwdrivers. (laughs) Yeah. Until that becomes the next TikTok challenge. And then Don Gallus is just ahead of his time, I guess. Uh, But we're, we're right on our time, man. As we close out, light the fuse here today. Um, Interesting show. I'm interested to see the numbers. They got a big deal. I think big Annie next week, big Annie drop that fanny on him a billion dollars, pal. Uh, so that, that's, uh, I think good news and be good morale, uh, with 60,000 sold and a billion dollar deal. People are going to be like, okay, I got a little more job security of what's going on. Cause you never know. Drew could be on his way and, and whoever else, right. There could be some big, big uh, names in this kind of second era post Cody era CM Punk coming back version 2.2 or whatever the fuck we're going to do, um, you know, and make that money, man. And that's what we're here to do. And, and hopefully we can stay on track with that. I think the rebranding of Tony Khan in the last two weeks has been good. I think uh, that's how he should be portrayed. Uh, a lot of great direction here. Just some, just some terrible misses though, uh, where it could have been so much better yeah. on a point. And, and but. 10% value on things. Again, the very WWE in that respect is especially like we said, the things on the Briscoe farm, like we had a lot more there, bro. A lot more there. That's as equal uh, to as much as we have at the uh, Lake of reincarnation and the Hardy compound and all that multiple things throughout the show. Absolutely. Ben. All right, brother. Uh, good show here. Let's wrap it up. Get the hell out of here, man. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, everything's going down. Horseshoegenetics.com. The best cannabis seeds on the market available now. And I'll be putting up hopefully in the next 48 hours, the first four offerings from our nutrient line, worm juice, CalMag solution and pH up, pH down. Uh, just designed uh climax cloning gel and climax cloning solution labels yesterday and then we'll have uh, all of our veg blends coming out soon here uh, uh as soon as they're done fermenting in the tanks and we can get them bottled and tested so we can get the actual numbers direct from the lab for you guys there to grow your own at horseshoegenetics.com and i'll cut the promo if you want it birthdays quit your job whatever it is five dollar face slap your uh ex-wife over alimony uh go to cameo.com slash ben hameen had some pro wrestling tees.com slash ben hameen sales but as always the best way to support and to get all the real inside talk especially on that friday locker room tomorrow with john hartnett is channelattitude.com hmg man and uh i think i killed it on the backlash uh pick them challenge i got 49 points i haven't seen the updated early totals yet but i was picking them pretty good in there at the hameen media discussion group Whoa. And it was always great time last night. Always at twitch.tv slash homie media. I'll be back on Friday night to hang and bang with uh, the loyalists there for SmackDown live self-help group. 
Cool. And I got to hang out with you and RBV. Always got a good time doing it, pal. Absolutely, brother. Uh, getting ready to make my way back to the track. Hey, you mentioned Hartnett, our good friend there. little teaser for everyone. I can't spell anything yet, but I'll do a little teaser here as we close it out. And you know, Hartnett does a lot of work with Coastal Championship Wrestling down in Florida. Uh, but someone from Coastal Championship Wrestling is calling me right now. Nice. Excellent. Not, not him. Excellent. Another connection. Now. So some big <laughs> Another news one. I'll be able to share here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Love it, bro. Yes, Love sir. It. Love seeing everybody level up. Uh, but y'all, uh, check out all the shows we got going. I know there's new A show out. Uh, I'm going to post a uh, next level review with the vet. Uh, Impact attacks out. Smack attacks out. Rampage uh, review is out. All on HMG to get you guys through your week. And uh, we'll be rolling out shows to make sure you got all the coverage all weekend long. But uh, we're back in the missile silo in the studio with who you know. It's Benny Smalls and R to the B to the V. Eat that, morons. We just lit the fuse. Y'all